Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 48th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh, just with you guys today. Going to be taking you through a preview of Carolina's upcoming weekend in the Hall of Fame tip-off classic. We'll dive into the game against Purdue, give you some backdrops to both Villanova and Tennessee, both potential opponents Carolina may see this weekend. Our goals for the overall weekend, uh, the goals for the overall weekend, and so much more. But before we do that, we start every pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day. We go to legendary women's soccer coach at the University of North Carolina, Anson Dorrance. Anson once said, the vision of a champion is someone who was bent over, drenched in sweat, at the point of exhaustion when no one else is watching. I can assure you that is not what my co-host Anthony Pagnotta is usually doing. No idea where he is. But he's not with us today, and I can assure you he's not drenched over in sweat. He might be a champion, but he's not He's not doing all the things to be a champion. As I mentioned, we got a, a pretty big weekend for Carolina basketball. They're in the Hall of Fame tip-off classic with four AP top 25 teams in uh, attendance, including the uh, top 18 teams overall with uh, number five Villanova, number six Purdue, number 17 Tennessee, and then number 18, Carolina. Carolina will face number six Purdue tomorrow at 4 o'clock overall on ESPN. And this will be a really big test for the Tar Heels Matt Painter squad. They enter the season with uh, with legitimate Final Four aspirations, dreams of, of winning a Big Ten championship and playing in New Orleans come that first, uh, first weekend in April. And, and it's something that they've been building to. This is something that Matt Painter has done a really good job at Purdue. He's been there for a handful of years now, has never made the Final Four, um, but he has a squad worthy of making the Final Four this year, led by Zach Eady. The man is averaging 18.7 points, 10.3 rebounds um, for one of the best-scoring teams in the country. Purdue um, averages 94.7 points per game. That's... uh, That was 10th best. That is now 7th best in all of college basketball. They have five guys averaging double-figure scoring. 
Um, they've got legitimate size. Z Edie comes in standing at seven four. Uh, Travion Williams is six ten. That's another guy. If you follow college basketball, you're familiar with him. Caleb First six ten. Then they got Trey Kaufman Wren comes off the bench. Hasn't played a whole lot, but he is six nine. Not 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 the biggest Purdue team we've seen in recent past. They are the Big Ten version of what Carolina will see later this year um, in Florida State, where Matt Painter likes to have tall, lengthy guys. That's why they're usually one of the better defensive teams in college basketball. But this year, they're getting it done on the offensive end. As I mentioned, the 94.7 points per game, five guys in double figures scoring. They can score the ball in a variety of different ways. Right now, they're shooting 61% from the field um, on, from, from two-point land. They are shooting 42% in, in the country from behind the three-point line, averaging shooting about 42% um, so far this season. They get to the foul line a whole lot. They make 20 foul shots a game. They take 27 per game. This is a versatile offense that can score the ball in a lot of different ways. They've got a nice blend of youth and experience with all that talent. That's why they are a trendy pick to make the Final Four. And this is going to be the first real big test for Carolina. You look at for what Carolina's got to do to have a chance to win this game and play in the championship game on Sunday. For me, it starts and ends all on the glass, um, and mainly just because of the size that Purdue has. Um, but they also are reading on the ball to a, to the tune of 46.7 rebounds per game. That's top 15 in the country. They're one of the better defensive rebounding teams as well. They don't allow a whole lot of offensive rebounds to the opponent, something that Carolina hasn't done frequently this year, but it's going to be even harder in this game. Purdue has the ability to wear you down on the glass. They're going to play physical. They're, you know, they've, they're deeper than Carolina, so they're not going to foul trouble is not going to be an issue. It is going to be an issue for Carolina. It happened the other night with Brady Manick uh, battling foul issues. Armando Baycott ran into foul issues as well. So this is the first time that Carolina is going to need Manick, Baycott, and Garcia to all play well at the same time. The first three games, you've gotten a combination of one or the other. Or, but but not all three. If Carolina wants to beat Purdue, they need all three of them to gel and play well in the same game. And it's something that Hubert Davis knows, mainly with Garcia, that uh, needs to you know he needs to get him going. And he mentioned in his press conference yesterday that he plans to just draw more sets to isolate him, get him involved in the offense more often, more quickly. But he also did mention, and I you know me and Anthony talked about this following that College of Charleston game. He's settling for too many outside jump shots. He needs to get more closer to the basket and play inside out. At Marquette, they asked him to play outside in, and while he can do that and be effective at doing that, Hubert Davis would like to see him work from the inside out. It would only help the floor spacing for the team overall and the team itself. But the biggest thing that for really for Carolina, we've been really impressed with this offense the first three games of the year, and you should be. They've scored at least 83 points in all three games or more. They've cracked 90 twice already this season. They're scoring the ball in a lot of different ways and a variety of different ways, but they need to take that next step defensively. That second half against Charleston might be what what sparks this team on the defensive end of the floor heading into this weekend. They gave up 41 points, but only 36% shooting, 
They cut down on the three-pointers that they allowed for the College of Charleston, and they really got after them. They picked up the ball pressure. They they were able to block some shots. They kept them off the offensive glass. Those are the types of things that Carolina is going to need this weekend to let alone to, to, if they want to go two and zero or even get a split. You're going to see two quality offensive teams for that that effort, that energy, that focus. It needs to be there in the first half. We haven't seen a whole lot of zone from Carolina since the season opening game against Loyola. You saw a hint or two of it against Brown. Hardly any of that the other night in Charleston. I feel like if Hubert Davis is going to be more committed to being more versatile defensively, this will be a, a, a game, or, or especially Purdue, but this weekend will be a game where a situation where we see Carolina do some more things defensively, whether it's play the 2-3 zone. Carolina has hardly picked up three-quarters court pressure. We've yet to see a run and trap out of a timeout. Some of that scramble defense stuff we got so accustomed to seeing under Roy Williams. So it, it's going to take a lot of different things for Carolina um, um, you know, to, to find a way to, pe- to beat Purdue. The good news is, is that these types of games – they give you a measuring stick of where your team is at. You look at Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, guys that we think have taken the next step. We're going to find out how much of a step they have taken against Purdue and overall during the weekend because you're seeing some experienced guards out there. you got Sasha Stekvanovic, who is a senior guard for Purdue, 6'5", averaging 13.7 points per game. Then, as I mentioned, they got that nice blend of youth and talent. Brandon Newman, a sophomore guard, averaging 12 points per game. Um, and so that'll be a good measuring stick for Love and Davis, guards that are physical. They're not only going to um, you know, want contact, they will invite contact. They will force the contact on the offensive end of the court, see how far Caleb Love have come on the defensive end, and then see if they can match them on the offensive end, staying aggressive, getting downhill. I think that's going to be the big thing for Carolina to beat Purdue. This offense is at its best when it's getting downhill, when it's attacking the basket, when it's wanting to get inside that painted area. They're shooting the ball very well to start the season. We can't deny that. Two games, they've shot over 40% from behind the three-point line. The other night, they shot 35%, but they got timely three-point shooting from Kerwin Walton in that second half. But that's all a byproduct of whenever Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, they get either they get the ball on the block to Armando Baycott, or Brady Manick, or Dawson Garcia from time to time, or when they spread the floor, they get the matchup that they want on the perimeter, they put their head down, and they attack the basket. They get a layup, or they get a foul, or sometimes they get both and they head to the line for a three-point play. So this, that's, that's going to be the thing for Carolina. When they, when they run their offense the way that they want to run it, and they're not settling, they've proven that they can get just about whatever they want. And Purdue has not shown a whole lot of – uh, you know, defensive resistance to say the least, despite winning all their games by over by a margin of 30 points per game. But they haven't seen an offense like Carolina. And so that's going to be a, a really good test. It's going to be really fun to see these two teams, two teams that haven't played a whole lot um, here recently. They played 10 times overall, but the last time they played back was in 2000. It'll be a nice, fun watch to see these two, team, these two teams go head to head for 40 minutes. 
Um, so with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll give you this week's ad uh, from DraftKings. Then I'm going to come back, still no Anthony with us, um, and fill you in on Villanova and Tennessee, the two other teams Carolina may see this weekend before giving you the goals for the weekend before we eventually get out of here for this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Basketball, football, UFC, you name it. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Now, use the promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with the promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager is required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Really hope you guys are taking a great advantage of all these great promo, these great promos I've been giving you on the Four Corners podcast and what Anthony's been giving you over at the Heel Tough Blog podcast. And if you haven't already done so, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Take advantage of these great promos and get you some great holiday spending cash as we get closer and closer to the Christmas season. As I mentioned, the two other teams in this event are Villanova and Tennessee. They will play um, before Carolina and Purdue will play tomorrow, and then Carolina gets either the winner or the loser of that game, depending on what Carolina does against Purdue. And, And Villanova enters probably the most complete team in the field, they uh, they're ranked fifth in the country despite having that that loss, that one loss on the road at number two UCLA in overtime. So it's not like they got they got blown out blown out. This is a team that's was a trendy pick to not only win the Big East, make the Final Four like myself, and potentially cut down the nets and win a national championship. As you can expect with a Jay Wright squad. They score the ball, and they score the ball very well. Four guys averaging 16 points per game or more. They've got the second-best offensive rating in college basketball, according to Sports Reference. Um, and, and they just got they, – they've got guys, and they've got dudes. This is, this is what you're used to seeing from Carolina. They're an experienced team led by Colin Gillespie, the senior guard who, of course, tore his ACL last year right before the NCAA tournament. He's back for another go at it. Averaging 17.3 points per game. Then you add in Justin Moore, his backcourt mate, their leading score, 19 points per game. And then that front court, led by seniors Brandon Slater and Jermaine Samuels, both guys averaging over 16 points per contest. They only have four guys averaging double figure scoring, but all guys are averaging at least 16 or more per game. I mentioned that second best offensive rating. They, and look, this is what you've come to expect since Jay Wright 
really got this this program up and running. They've won two national championships within the last ten years. Of course, the heartbreak coming heartbreak coming over Carolina in 2016. They shoot the ball from three very well. Fourth in makes at 13.7 points. Uh, 13.7 makes per game. Second in percentage right now, they're shooting 49% from three. They're third in the country in foul shooting at 90% from the foul line on uh, uh, as they convert 16 of 18 attempts per game. Their weakness, and this is something that Carolina, if they get matched up with them, can exploit. They're not a very good rebounding team. Um, they only uh, rebound the ball to the tune of 29 rebounds per game. There's 358 teams in Division One college basketball. Villanova ranks 347th in rebounding overall. But as I mentioned, scoring is not going to come at a problem, averaging 89.3 points per game. Um, and look, if no matter what happens between Villanova, Tennessee, and Carolina Purdue, TV makers want to see Villanova and Carolina on the court so they can play the storylines of a rematch of the 2016 national championship team or national championship game. Of course, these two teams haven't seen each other since then. And that meeting was the first time that Carolina had faced um, Villanova since the 2013 NCAA tournament in the first round. And the previous meeting before that was when Carolina beat Villanova in the 09 Final Four on their way to that national championship. And the only time they played before that was in 05 when Carolina beat uh, Villanova on the way to making the Final Four and winning that national championship. So two storied programs. They'd love to see these two teams go at it. Um, but for but of course it all matters what they do against Tennessee and what Carolina does against Purdue. As for the volunteers, they come in two and zero, ranked seventeenth in the AP poll. They have four players averaging double figures, scoring led by sensational freshman Kennedy Chandler, averaging eighteen points, five rebounds, three assists per game. You add in Oliver. Nakamoa, who averages 17 points and 11 rebounds per game, so a double-double out of him. Santiago Viscovi, 13.5 points, 4.5 rebounds. He's out of the NBA Global Academy. Rick Barnes really expanding his uh, recruiting range to bring him in. And then Justin Powell, 12 points per game. Those are your four leading uh, four leading scorers for Tennessee, but they've got contributions from up to 10 or 11 guys. They're a deep team, kind of like Purdue is. They've got a lot of a lot of people that are able to contribute and will be willing to contribute. The best aspect about the Volunteers, they lead the country in offensive rebounds per game at 21. So they kind of play the way that uh, Carolina used to play under Roy Williams. They're also second in the country in field goal attempts per game at 76, sixth in the country in field goals or in, in three point field goals made. Uh, as they make 13 and a half field goals on 13 on, on 32 attempts, they're shooting 43% from behind the three-point line. That's 28th. They average 92 points per game, which is 16th best in the country. But you got to keep in mind with them the, the 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 margin or the level of competition. They've played Tennessee, Martin, and East Tennessee State. But Tennessee is going to be a sleeper team in that SEC. There's a lot of hype around Kentucky, as there always is. Add in Alabama and Arkansas teams that both made deep runs in the NCAA tournament a season ago. But Tennessee is going to be a capable team of winning that conference and playing deep into the NCAA tournament once we get to the month of March. So there's backgrounds on both Villanova and Tennessee, both potential uh, opponents for Carolina later this weekend. So let's look at the goals for the weekend. And this is something that's got to be really important. I don't think Carolina is going to go 2-0. 
And I don't. And look, while the goal was to win every game, I don't think that's a, a realistic goal. They enter the lowest ranked team of all four teams in in the event at 18th. So that tells you what the media and and the people around the sport think of Carolina. So I think the first thing is you do is you got to split. Whether that's against Purdue, who's probably um, in all honesty, the more favorable matchup for Carolina because they don't they don't have the size that they used to have. They got some size, but the, uh, you know, in terms of size, Carolina can match up with them. Or whether they 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 lose and play in that consolation, excuse me, that consolation matchup on on Sunday, whether that be Villanova or Tennessee, you got to get a win. And the main reason is why to get this team some confidence, they can beat a really good team outside of the Smith Center. That was something that they really struggled with last year due to the pandemic. They were really good at home, but they were not a very good road team. Um, they played, of course, in the Maui Invitational on the road. They went 2-1 and one in that event. They lost a championship matchup to Texas. They also beat, um, it was Kentucky in the CBS Sports Classic on, the, on a neutral court last year. But, of course, Kentucky turned out to not be what we're used to seeing from Kentucky. If Carolina wants to have legitimate aspirations to win an ACC championship and play deep into the month of March, they've got to be able they can beat really good teams and they're going to play two of them this weekend. So find a way to get at least one win against whether it be Purdue or Villanova or Tennessee. Another thing that this is something that Huber Davis is one that wants to be fluid with, but I think because the schedule doesn't get a whole lot easier from this because you got to play Michigan in a week and a half. You've got UCLA in December as well. We've got to get a better gauge of the rotations moving forward. The other night, no Anthony Harris, no Dontres Styles, and no DeMarco Dunn in the game against the College of Charleston. You're going to see Anthony Harris this week one way or another just to spell the guys' minutes, have them as fresh as possible um, for that second game on Sunday, whether they're playing in the title game or the consolation game. As for DeMarco Dunn and Dontrez Styles, they're going to be ebb and flows. But it's more about the starters, finding that that starting five that he knows he wants to stick with. I think right now your best five is Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Black, and then down on the post, Brady Manick and Armando Baycott. But figuring out how many minutes to give Kerwin Walton, who played 28 minutes the other night, how many minutes to give Dawson Garcia and who he fits best with on the floor. Maybe he fits better with Brady Manick than Armando Baycott or vice versa. This is going to be a weekend where you can really find out who that who he who he best plays with, and as for Anthony Harris, when to put him in the game, and, and Hubert Davis made an interesting comment saying that he thinks he can play him from the one through the three positions. He knows a lot more about basketball than I do. It'd be interesting to see what lineup you would see Anthony Harris at the three with. You wouldn't imagine it would be with both Caleb Love and R.J. Davis on the floor at the same time, because the 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 thought is to bring him on the court to give one of those two guys a rest, or if they're battling foul issues. So getting Anthony Harris back in the rhythm, back because I, I I think he doesn't do I think he does he have a role on this team? Yes, but he needs to have a role on this team. He does a lot of good things for you on the defensive end of the floor, um, and, and you know on the offensive end he's going to be aggressive. He's going to force the issue in terms of pushing the tempo, getting to the basket, trying to draw contact, and and, and make plays at the rim. Another goal or another thing that you're going to – a goal or a, a big takeaway we're going to get from this weekend, we're really going to see how far Caleb Love and R.J. Davis have come in their progression and into their sophomore year. They both had really big games. You go back to R.J. Davis literally willing Carolina 
to that win over Brown uh, last week with his three-point shooting. Caleb Love in the second half against the College of Charleston was absolutely sensational, scoring 18 points, making 10 of 12 free throws, really just having the ability to take over the game. But that was against the College of Charleston. You're going to see great guards this weekend, whether it's in the form of Purdue or Nova or Tennessee. And they're going to have some young guards that have just as much talent as you do. And they're going to have the experienced guards that have been around the block. They know how to play the game of college basketball. And and they're not going to be phased by, you know, the scene, the energy in the crowd, all that great stuff. So this will be a really great test for those two guys and their progression. And then whenever they leave, they'll know where they need to get better individually and collectively. The last thing for the goals for this weekend is Carolina's got to take the next step defensively. They've shown in the first seven, eight minutes against Loyola, and then in that second half against Charleston, the type of defensive team they can be when they want to be. And and Hubert Davis said in the postgame after Charleston, he feels like his team can get stops whenever they want to get stops. We've got to get to the level where we consistently want to get stops. You're never going to get stops for 40 minutes. You're never going to play with great intensity for 40 minutes. But let's get closer to that. Let's take the next step. We've played seven to eight, seven to eight minutes of really good defense, so let's take it to 10 to 12, and then 14 to 16. And then you just build on that from game to game, week to week. And then by March, when it really matters, then you could say we're going to play 35 to 36 minutes 38 minutes of really, really good defense. You're going to see teams that can score the ball from behind the three-point line. You're going to see teams that can score the ball um, off the off, off second chance and, and, and off of offensive rebounds. So Carolina's going to have their hands full. They, they, they force a lot of pressure on the opponent, but these opponents this weekend are going to put a lot of pressure on them to defend and defend at a really high level. So Carolina needs to be willing and, and ready to come play defensive basketball Um the best they have all season long, and take that next step defensively. One last time for the goals for the weekend before um, I go ahead and let you guys go. Get at least one win. 2-0 and would be great, but let's try to at least go 1-1 and over the weekend. Get a gauge of the rotations if you're Hubert Davis. Check the progression meter for Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, and then take the next step on the defensive end of the floor. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Before I let you go, want to get you guys over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We'll have you covered for all the Carolina athletics going on this weekend. Senior day in Keenan Stadium tomorrow for Carolina football. Anthony has you covered with a preview. Then I'll have you covered with a recap and a sock report following the, the game against Walford. As for Carolina basketball, well, they're in the Hall of Fame tip-off classic. I've got a preview for the entire weekend, so we go a little bit more in-depth on Purdue, then I give you some more information on Villanova and Tennessee, and then following the the conclusion of the event, there will be a recap where I will recap both games this weekend. No no, no individual uh, game preview and recap for for Sunday's game. Um, And and, and so that's, that's what we'll have for you this weekend with football. And basketball coverage. As for the bas- as for the uh, podcast, excuse me. You know where to find us: the Basketball Podcasting Network. We host through Megaphone now. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcast. Give us a like. Review me as the host. Even review me as when I'm the solo host when Anthony is not with us, so I can learn how to get better at doing the solo thing. As that's going to be a part of.
part of the podcast during this season, given our work schedule. But most importantly, we do want you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you get every podcast right there in your podcast library. Right now, we're averaging about two to three pods um, per week with trying to do our best to preview and recap games individually as much as possible. We'll also be bringing on guests throughout the season and stuff like that. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of our coverage during Carolina basketball season this year. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.